1: You're recording in the kitchen today. Exactly. Oh, you look like a little kid at a school yeah, desk. Yeah, and the
2: chair is ill-fitting.
1: It's just not... I mean, it, it looks like a school desk until you pan to the front and see the 400 wine bottles you hoarded. It was just, It's toilet paper and wine <laughs> for you, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, a fucking bunker for... Like, if you drink too much wine and cheat yourself, at least you got the toilet paper to back it up. It's crazy. Oh, I'm sorry. Welcome to Loose Units Loose Ends, the weekly quarantine podcast where Dad and I answer your questions, and keep you company in this trying time. Back to the question. So, this is from someone called Elise, and I hope you haven't been vetted with this question, Dad, because it's really great. This is what Elise says. Hi, guys. Thoroughly enjoying all the extra eps at the minute, and I have a question for John. I'd love to know his thoughts on the phenomena spontaneous combustion and whether he's ever come across any weird, almost unexplainable shit. Dad?
2: Um, I am in the camp of... I- even though I really, really loved the episode in the X-Files where that person spontaneously combusted. And there have been some uh, interesting photographs over the years. I've I've seen some incredible photographs um, Mm. from both my fire brigade and forensic days where you'd go into a scene and there was basically nothing at all, just like a shadow of carbon... Like a... Uh, similar to in Hiroshima. Oh, the, those, uh, the body's just vaporized.
1: The silhouettes against the wall. Silhouettes. The,
2: the weird thing is that there'd be perhaps a pair of feet. <laughs> a, pair a pair of so feet. inappropriate. There yeah. are a pair of feet. Yeah. Unless, of course, the person
1: was one-legged. And then there's one foot. <laughs> and so on in that fashion down the line until there's no feet. I think... Paul, the image of, is the image no, of two no.
2: feet... Sorry, go on. <laughs> no, and at the top of the head... Oh god. what? I just said at the top of the head. Oh. Which feet. would indicate just a bit of hair. No, but oh. the head is sometimes left. So you're saying the so, c- well, no.
1: <laughs> You've just got someone's hair so you've just got someone's head sitting on top of their feet like the grug or something. Oh. Sorry. <laughs> Why are you are you are you, No, are you just into that,
2: the, no go, I'm 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 imagining Well, if it was a really, really short person, the head would be really close to the feet anyway. My point being, I mean, back to the point, and Hmm. apologies for the laughter, Um, no, I don't believe in it because that's like almost tantamount to a glass of water catching on fire because because uh, the body's basically made up of, correct me if I'm wrong, and I'm sure someone will, but I think it's around about 98% fluid. Sure.
1: But the fluid could heat up, right? And evaporate.
2: But how, what What on earth can heat up the body so much so that... <laughs> oh, oh, look, apologies to the listeners. No, I know. <laughs> look, okay, so... I've they... had a rough day. I... <laughs> I
1: have. I've had a rough day. Oh, I'm sorry. Dad. Well, look They did an experiment once where they basically got a pig, like a really big pig, and they went, this is about the amount of physical mass that a human being would have. Mm. Not a healthy human being, obviously. Mm. And they had this theory that, all right, let's say a person fell over and knocked their head in front of a fireplace and they caught fire and they burned really slowly, like for, mm. for days and days and days. Mm. And then what they found is they came back and, yeah, the, um, they did this to the pig and by the end it was just the trotters left because they were the least fatty part mm. of the animal. No, it's
2: amazing. I, I, I've actually seen that experiment. Right. But that's not spontaneous combustion. That's being set on fire. And burned slowly. And burning Slowly, what, that's totally spontaneous combustion. Is where you <laughs> you ignite from within. Oh yeah, and, uh, and
1: you sound you just, like a motivate. You do sound like a motivational speaker, just with a little Britney mic, urging people to ignite the fire within. But you're right, though. The image of spontaneous combustion is funny because then their body disappears and their head falls down onto their feet, and then well, they could be left. lying
2: down, and in that case, the head would stay um, at a, at the same at a proportionate distance. Uh, sure. To the feet, yeah. Um, and, and look, I've seen some great, great shots. Um, what do you mean? Not not great as in like exciting good. or no. weirdly, you know. But great as in good, good shots. Good
1: photography is what you're
2: saying. Good photography, with <laughs> look, the, where okay. they where one picture does describe yeah. quite a few words.
1: Listeners can't expect. Uh, listeners aren't going to comment. No, look,
2: any. I, I, and I, I, so in answer to the question. Um, from my perspective and from most people's i mean can you imagine driving along on a busy freeway Mm. and just glancing to the right or left or perhaps the car in front and seeing the driver spontaneously ignite
1: oh it'd be great wouldn't
2: it no but it just i just don't think these things can actually chemically physiologically happen so i'm definitely in the camp of no um and that that's my opinion and I'm quite sure the general scientific consensus is that uh, that's a big negative. Do you not believe
1: in uh, like otherworldly forces? Do you believe in UFOs? Do you believe in you know, um, they just released some footage, haven't they, a few days ago? Oh, yeah. wait, of spontaneous combustion or UFOs? No,
2: UFOs. Uh, I find the whole UFO thing slightly fascinating, but then again, can someone perhaps explain to uh, to me and perhaps others why is it why it seems that most of the sightings are in America? It seems that everything in the world's pretty well in america yeah which is weird I, I don't you know if you if you take in terms of a percentage the america's land mass compared to the rest of the world the known world um it seems sort of um disproportionate in terms yeah. of the sightings uh, although it, apparently we've had a few in australia at a place that uh, christine your mother's been to up north of Alice, which is a very famous White Cliff Wells.
1: White Cliff Wells. Oh, you know what's interesting?
2: Wells. White Cliff Wells? Yeah, I think E. T. went there once.
1: I actually went to Area 51, mm, Dad. I remember. Uh, yeah. I mean, I went that to... is a real area. That's real. I went to the that is real. Um, I went to the Nevada Desert and we hopped in a van with a conspiracy theorist. It was for the launch of a alien themed video game and you know what often happens, Dad, is that sometimes when a thing is about to get launched, and it's clearly not any good. But the company has money. They try and confuse critics by like splashing out on them as much as possible. So the critic comes away and goes, "I feel good after that press trip. Therefore, the thing was good." So they basically hopped us in a van, drove us to Area Fifty One, and once we got pretty close, uh, these like black helicopters, mm. very high up, started kind of buzzing us. Mm. And it, uh, there's a photo. I got to the sign. No, I saw. A, I've seen a, it. And then this fucking black SUV with it without any license plates pulls up on the hill, right, coasts the hill, and then looks down at us and then leaves. Anyway, oh, by the way, just a quick sidebar. Spontaneous combustion, apparently, descriptions of spontaneous combustion date back to the 17th century, and apparently, Charles Dickens talked about it a bit. And at one point, the public largely accepted it as a reality on moral grounds, because the victims were often alcoholics or overweight and were often more female than male, so people kind of thought that bursting into flames was some sort of karmic retribution Mm. for being debauched, Mm. you know? No, I totally... I just don't... I think it's... I don't... I don't... Yeah, no. It'd be interesting if you... I mean, if you knew that being a bad person would set you on fire, you'd probably reel it in a little bit. So, Mm. maybe spontaneous combustion, good thing,
2: maybe. Mm. Can I just tell a little anecdote about a possum?
1: Please do, yes. Now, this is a
2: fire brigade story. This story that I'm about to tell is a possum story. And, um, just, just, you have to bear with me during the story and, uh, I can say, I don't know whether I should say at this point, I might just say that it does have a happy ending. No, no, don't tell anyone. Oh, okay. Well then, but I I just don't want people to sort of tense up when I tell the story because it's quite an amazing story. So, in a very, very affluent suburb in Sydney, in the eastern suburbs, yep. um, and every city, I take it, has a fairly affluent suburb uh, or two, Yeah, there was a uh, particular lady living in a beautiful, I guess we could call it a mansion, mm-hmm. and one morning she came down to her kitchen and there was a strong smell of urine Ew. Um, on and around the stove, and she realised that something had been urinating through the uh the, the fan, the exhaust fan above the oven. Uh huh. And she made the uh the assumption that perhaps something was stuck up inside the flue, which was vented out through the uh went up through the uh the, the sort of the cavity and out onto the roof. So the fieries uh, came along in a spirit of uh, goodwill. hmm and said that they'd um, check it out, which they uh, they they set up. Um, they actually got the aerial appliance because it was a good exercise for the for the uh, the aerial appliance. Because sometimes you could bring call out the the ladders just to sort of it was it was sort of a win win. Sure, it'd help it'd help you gain access, and it was a bit of a brigade exercise for the ladder drivers, getting them to work so to speak. Yeah, and um, the particular station officer concerned, who's a very very good friend of mine, he uh, relayed this story, funnily enough, just this morning at coffee. Really? Yeah. Over in Manly. Now, this story did not occur in Manly. Okay. Um, so the crew get up onto the roof and my good friend, he uses a, a very bright uh, torch and he looks yep. down and he can see... A sphincter. We all know what a sphincter is. Yeah, yeah, gross. You know, an asshole. No, I know what it is. Puck it up, and he realized that. No, but he—that's all he could see. Like just this uh, puckered freckle, pointing up at him, Um, and he realized that it was, in fact, it belonged to a possum.
1: Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today.
2: In, in, the, in that it was the possum's freckle that he was uh, focusing his shaft of light down onto. If you could stop saying freckle and shaft, we'd all be eternally grateful. Hmm. So my good friend, who yeah. is, well, he's a, he's a lateral thinker, they realized that this poor possum was definitely stuck. And if they didn't do something... In fact, they thought they actually thought it was deceased because there was no movement. And the reason there was no movement is um, basically um, they could only see, um, you know, the uh, the little part of the body. Uh, They needed to know how they could extricate it. They couldn't really push it through because then it would have been jammed in her cooktop, which would be awkward because then they'd have to pull out all the grates. Yes, you you, you can imagine. Mm. So, my good friend. He, and this is, this is, it's, I mean, I, I'm, I'm 60, I've been around for a few years and I've heard a lot of stories and I've seen a lot of things and what I'm about to tell you in the listeners now is so fantastic that it actually defies description. But he had to come up with a cool. way to extricate this animal. So what he did, he yeah. he asked for a, um, a coat hanger and he got the coat oh. hanger and he bent it around and around and around a fire brigade, it's called a ceiling hook, which is used to ram mm-hmm. up into fire fire into gyprock you sort of you, you punch it through the ceiling it's to it's to, it's to release water that's been built up during a big fire you get water sure. sort of pooling in the in the roof yep he then so he he creates um a corkscrew out of the coat hanger they then fasten it to the end of this uh, ceiling hook and then he lowers it down and then he he sort of rotates the um the, uh, the homemade corkscrew yeah, down into the the animals through its um, posterior and he gives it quite a few turns until he gets purchase I guess the best word would be to use <laughs> and then he begins to uh, take up the tension and believe it or not because he'd screwed it in far enough um, like removing a cork from a wine bottle he managed to pull the uh, said possum out, and as soon as it got to the top, um, it uh, it basically unwound itself, and then off it went and jumped into a tree, and is probably living in a nice family existence to this very day. And that's, uh, a, that's a positive.
1: That's a positive story. Uh, I can think of a few points of contention there. Especially for the possum that was just sitting there minding its own business when a metal pole, like a rod, just gets wound up its jacksie.
2: No, it was stuck. It it, it definitely died in there.
1: Okay, so, Dad, my question for you is this. Theoretically, let's say it's you, not the possum, trapped in the roof and you realize that, you know, your butthole might be a little exposed and then mum... Course the firefighters to rescue you, mm, and yeah. you you hear one of them pulling a coat well, hanger. out a couple out of,
2: of it. a couple of things, Paul. Firstly, sure. I'm I'm forty times the weight and size of a possum, so they'd have oh. to use a corkscrew forty times the size, and a coat hanger would just wouldn't do it. They'd have to use you know those big things on bu- building sites when they they drill those massive holes. Sure, in, into soil. I mean, I think my point is that. Anyway, we'd be communicating, and if I was stuck in a, you know, <laughs> if I was stuck in a in uh, a in a in a in a tube, I'd like to at least know they were going to do that, and I'd probably say no,
1: right? You'd because it'd up-
2: probably remove all my. It'd disembowel you, You'd live but up in this there. particular case, the, it worked very successfully, and it was real lateral thinking, and the thing survived.
1: The thing probably learned some things about itself as well and its preferences. I don't,
2: don't overestimate their intelligence.
1: I don't know; they're pretty wily. Yeah, I, I guess. I'm. I mean, can I ask a question? Can I ask mm. a... Like, did he at least, you know,
2: um, maybe use some butter? Okay, or oil, cooking oil.
1: I think we've probably. Tap this well. I have a, I have an email uh, from one of our listeners that I would like to read to you, Dad. This email is from Rob. Hey, guys. Still loving the podcast. Finally read the book and looking forward to the next one. Thank you, Rob. I finished editing it today. Just wanted to add to John's statement from the most recent podcast about Bronto slash ladder drivers being called koalas because they are a protected species. I've heard them being called koalas once before, but when I inquired, I was told by a crusty old three-striper who wasn't bronco qualified, it's actually because they're always asleep and they do fuck all. <laughs>
2: <laughs> that's pretty good. That's clever.
1: Would you? Would you care to comment? Do you think that's accurate? Dan? I don't think
2: it's accurate about right. the sleep bit, sure, unless it's nighttime all Right. But um, I remember being a ladder driver at Manly, and I was—I had a little room which I thought was really nice, off the gymnasium. Uh-huh. And it was sort of everyone else was upstairs and I was in this great little room. Yep. It was really beautiful. And it had this really... It was a, Manly Fire Station was built in the 1920s, I think. Okay. And it had those um, sash windows. And sash windows, particularly in a storm, they, they sort of rattle. What's a sash window? <laughs> They've got lead weights that are concealed that enable you to... Lift the window up really easily because it, okay. it didn't have the lead weights on ropes, mm. um, there's sort of a concealed pulley system, and it makes it appears to be really, really easy just to lift them up. But if you okay. actually take the weights away, anyway, so but they rattle, and I remember being—I used to, you know, how I said I was a relieving fireman, and I was had my own pillow. Mm-hmm. What I forgot to mention is that I also had a really nice doona. So I remember it manly being a ladder driver and. You'd hop into bed around about ten pm mm-hmm. on the nights, and you knew you were rosted on the ladder. And you'd <laughs> you'd be lying in bed, all comfortable. Yeah. And the wind is buffeting the window, mm. and the rain is just coming in at ninety degrees, pelting against the glass. And there's sort of an eerie glow from a street light outside. Yeah. And you're just lying there, thinking to yourself. <sighs> Those poor firemen on the pump, and invariably, the bells would go off, and you'd wake from a, a semi-conscious state, yeah. fear gripping you, and then all of a sudden, you'd remember. And the beautiful words, the melodious tones of a half-asleep fireman, totally jacked off, would come over the PA saying, pump only, and to those beautiful sweet words, you'd roll over
1: and <laughs> go back to sleep. And go
2: back. To bed, to sleep, and you'd hear the roller door open, yeah, and you'd you'd sense the wind and the the elements were just blowing and circulating inside the engine bay. As these poor fiery station officer and the driver and two or three in the back, and off they go, and then you hear the roller door close, and it sort of creates a vacuum, and everything's quiet again, except for the the wind and the rain puffeting against I... your window, and you go back into the land of Nod. That, those words, pump only, yeah, were the most beautiful words I recall from the fire brigade.
1: And then as one of the drivers heads out, he says, I'm just going outside and maybe sometime never returns. That's...
2: <laughs> so, I mean, that was one of the great... I mean, people didn't become an aerial appliance operator huh. for those reasons. That was, that was sort of a, a perk... But occasionally, um, rarely, might I say, you'd get mm. on the PA ladders only.
1: Oh, okay, and you feel useful. I mean, it's like the Thunderbirds. Some of the Thunderbirds are for very specific things. Very yeah?
2: specific, very rarely called out, but when they go, yeah, I they mean, go.
1: You don't send Thunderbird three underwater, right? Well, what
2: what, be- some of my colleagues, and I have mentioned it in the past, mm. at a particularly horrific um, beheading, mm where a tree lopper lost his uh, head. Jesus. And the head came down and landed at the feet of all his colleagues who were, who were having smoko. Yes. So they're just sitting there having smoko and all of a sudden their mate's head drops down from a massive height. It was a it's tree up ide- in... Yeah. It was, it was at least a 100-foot tree. Not ideal. But his body... Yep. ...less the head was still stuck up in the tree. Guess who had to retrieve the body? Uh, the ladder, the ladder crew from Manly.
1: Not Thunderbird 3?
2: No, because that's 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 a fictional situation. The, fi- we- the ladder drivers are actually are real.
1: Dad, everyone knows the Thunderbirds are real. Okay, grow up.
2: Hmm. <laughs> so, um,
1: yeah. Oh, okay. So you don't think that koala is a is an insult? You think it's just it's a term
2: go- of endearment and partially factual. That the story,
1: the no. story I'm actually talking about was I went to one of those weird, you know, those like novelty tobacconists, the ones that have like Jim Beam merch and Family mm, Guy silk yeah. boxer shorts and whatnot. Yeah. And there was a lighter there that was, it looked like a, like a rack of bullets. And at this point, I was, you know, like 13 or 14, and I, you know, fire is like really fascinating, and boys are kind of destructive and stupid. So I bought the lighter. And there was a big, like, dry hill near our house across the road that led down to a creek. Mm. And I thought it might be interesting to see what would happen if I lit some of the grass on fire. But very stupidly, it was a windy day, and I lit the f- I lit the fire about halfway down the hill. And before I knew it, the fire had roared up the hill. And I mm. literally ran to the top of the hill, rolled down it, and ran back up and rolled down it again. Came back to the house covered in soot and ash. Um, and kind of... Kind of scared the shit out of myself. Mm. It was just, it was almost like my hands moved of their own accord. I didn't really understand what was happening, and I don't know if I ever told you that. But yeah, I kind of lit no, a fire, I didn't and know then that. it was fucking horrifying. And oh. imagine if they, imagine if that had gone south, you know?
2: Yeah. Well, yeah, no. Look, I mean, people, children do tend to have a, a little encounter with fire occasionally. Yeah, I mean, but fire is um, it's it's once it gets a hold, there's no yeah. stopping it. And yeah,
1: it's um. It's really, really scary stuff. And you've yeah. got to be really, really careful. Oh God, it's really upsetting. Well look, everyone out there, please, please, please be safe. And hey, thank you so much for all the lovely feedback about Loose Units, Loose Ends, our spin-off podcast to keep you company during the quarantine. It's certainly helping us. I know that it's, you know, it's really helping us. And obviously, make sure you go to the Facebook page, Facebook.com forward slash loose units, if you want to see a photo of Dad's adorable setup that makes him look like a kid sitting at his dad's desk. Mm. It's, it's, it's it's very emasculating.
2: Yeah, well, I didn't really want that to be taken that photo because I look, i haven't seen the photograph, but I assume I look like an idiot. You look lovely. I feel you like look. A, it's just weird the way I'm set up here. With I've got my sound deadening device, the towel. Hmm. Well, and, and all my little
1: things. You are sitting down quite low, so look at the just just look on the bright side. If you spontaneously combust, your head will have less distance to fall. Good point. To your feet. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Loose Units, Loose Ends. We will see you next week for more of Loose Units. Have a good one. Bye. Bye -bye.
0: Bye-bye. All made right here in the USA, with a quality you'll have to feel to believe. Be a gift-giving giant this holiday season at American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order when you use code GRATEFULAG23. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com, promo code GRATEFULAG23. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we
2: recommend.